Hare Krishna. This is a reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam, with translations and purports by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. Third Canto, Chapter 15, Texts 46 through 50, and Chapter 16, Texts 1 through 6. Text 46. The Kumaras said, Our dear Lord, you are not manifest to rascals, even though you are seated within the heart of everyone. But as far as we are concerned, we see you face to face, although you are unlimited. The statements we have heard about you from our father, Brahma, through the ears, have now been actually realized by your kind appearance. Report by Srila Prabhupada The so-called yogis who concentrate their mind or meditate upon the impersonal or void are described here. This verse of Srimad Bhagavatam describes persons who are expected to be very expert yogis engaged in meditation, but who do not find the Supreme Personality of Godhead seated within the heart. These persons are described here as Duratma, which means a person who has a very crooked heart or a less intelligent person, just opposite to a Mahatma, which means one who has a broad heart. Those so-called yogis who, although engaged in meditation, are not broad-hearted, cannot find the four-handed Narayan form, even though he is seated within their heart. Although the first realization of the Supreme Absolute Truth is the impersonal Brahman, one should not remain satisfied with experiencing the impersonal effulgence of the Supreme Lord. In the Ishopanishad, also, the devotee prays that the glaring effulgence of Brahman may be removed from his eyes so that he can see the real, personal form of the Lord and thus satisfy himself fully. Similarly, although the Lord is not visible in the beginning because of his glaring bodily effulgence, if a devotee sincerely wants to see him, the Lord is revealed to him. It is said in the Bhagavad Gita that the Lord cannot be seen by our imperfect eyes. He cannot be heard by our imperfect ears. And he cannot be experienced by our imperfect senses but that if one engages in devotional service with faith and devotion, then God reveals himself. Here, the four sages, Sanat Kumar, Sanatana, Sanandana, and Sanaka, are described as actually sincere devotees. Although they had heard from their father, Brahma, about the personal feature of the Lord, only the impersonal feature, Brahman, was revealed to them. But because they were sincerely searching for the Lord, they finally saw his personal feature directly, which corresponded to the descriptions given by their father. They thus became fully satisfied. Here they expressed their gratitude, because although they were foolish impersonalists in the beginning, by the grace of the Lord, they could now have the good fortune to see his personal feature. Text 
Another significant aspect of this verse is that the sages describe their experience of hearing from their father, Brahma, who was born of the Lord directly. In other words, the disciplic succession from the Lord to Brahma, and from Brahma to Narada, and from Narada to Vyas, and so on, is accepted here. Because the Kumaras were sons of Brahma, they had the opportunity to learn Vedic knowledge from the disciplic succession of Brahma. And therefore, in spite of their impersonal beginnings, they became, in the end, direct seers of the personal feature of the Lord. Text 47. We know that you are the supreme absolute truth, the personality of Godhead, who manifests his transcendental form in the uncontaminated mode of pure goodness. This transcendental, eternal form of your personality can be understood only by your mercy, through unflinching devotional service, by great sages whose hearts have been purified in the devotional way. Purport by Srila Prabhupada The Absolute Truth can be understood in three features. Impersonal Brahman, localized Paramatma, and Bhagavan, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Here it is admitted that the Supreme Personality of Godhead is the last word in understanding the Absolute Truth. Even though the four Kumaras were instructed by their great learned father, Brahma, they could not actually understand the Absolute Truth. They could only understand the Supreme Absolute Truth when they personally saw the Personality of Godhead with their own eyes. In other words, if one sees or understands the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the other two features of the Absolute Truth, namely impersonal Brahman and localized Paramatma, are also automatically understood. Therefore, the Kumaras confirm, you are the ultimate Absolute Truth. The impersonalist may argue that since the Supreme Personality of Godhead was so nicely decorated, he was therefore not the Absolute Truth. But here it is confirmed that all the variegatedness of the absolute platform is constituted of Shuddha Sattva, or pure goodness. In the material world, any quality, goodness, passion, or ignorance, is contaminated. Even the quality of goodness here in the material world is not freed from tinges of passion and ignorance. But in the transcendental world, only pure goodness, without any tinge of passion or ignorance, exists. Therefore, the forms of the Supreme Personality of Godhead and his variegated pastimes and paraphernalia are all pure sattva-guna. Such variegatedness in pure goodness is exhibited eternally by the Lord for the satisfaction of the devotee. The devotee does not want to see the Supreme Personality of Godhead in voidness, 
or impersonalism. In one sense, absolute transcendental variegatedness is meant only for the devotees, not for others, because this distinct feature of transcendental variegatedness can be understood only by the mercy of the Supreme Lord and not by mental speculation or the ascending process. It is said that one can understand the Supreme Personality of Godhead when one is even slightly favored by Him. Otherwise, without His mercy, a man may speculate for thousands of years and not understand what is actually the absolute truth. This mercy can be perceived by the devotee when he is completely freed from contamination. It is stated, therefore, that only when all the contamination is rooted out and the devotee is completely detached from material attractions can he receive this mercy of the Lord. Text 48. Persons who are very expert and most intelligent in understanding things as they are engage in hearing narrations of the auspicious activities and pastimes of the Lord, which are worth chanting and worth hearing. Such persons do not care even for the highest material benediction, namely liberation, to say nothing of other less important benedictions, like material happiness of the heavenly kingdom. Report by Srila Prabhupada The transcendental bliss enjoyed by the devotees of the Lord is completely different from the material happiness enjoyed by less intelligent persons. The less intelligent persons in the material world are engaged by the four principles of benediction called Dharma, Artha, Kama, and Moksha. Generally, they prefer to take to religious life to achieve some material benediction, the purpose of which is to satisfy the senses. When, by that process, they become confused or frustrated in fulfilling the maximum amount of sense enjoyment, they try to become one with the Supreme, which is, according to their conception, mukti, or liberation. There are five kinds of liberation, the least important of which is called sahudya, to become one with the Supreme. Devotees don't care for such liberation because they are actually intelligent, nor are they inclined to accept any of the other four kinds of liberation, namely, to live on the same planet as the Lord, to live with Him side by side as an associate, to have the same opulence, or to attain the same bodily features. They are concerned only with glorifying the Supreme Lord and His auspicious activities. Pure devotional service is Shravanam Kirtanam. Pure devotees, who take transcendental pleasure in hearing and chanting the glories of the Lord, do not care for any kind of liberation. Even if they are offered the five liberations, they refuse to accept them, as stated in the Bhagavatam in the third canto. 
Materialistic persons aspire after sense enjoyment of the heavenly pleasures in the heavenly kingdom. But devotees reject such material pleasure at once. The devotee does not even care for the post of Indra. A devotee knows that any pleasurable material position is subject to be annihilated at a certain point. Even if one reaches the post of Indra, Chandra, or any other demigod, he must be dissolved at a certain stage. A devotee is never interested in such temporary pleasure. From Vedic scriptures, it is understood that sometimes even Brahma and Indra fall down. But a devotee in the transcendental abode of the Lord never falls. This transcendental stage of life, in which one feels transcendental pleasure in hearing the Lord's pastimes, is also recommended by Lord Chaitanya. When Lord Chaitanya was talking with Ramananda Rai, there were varieties of suggestions offered by Ramananda regarding spiritual realization. But Lord Chaitanya rejected all but one, that one should hear the glories of the Lord in the association with pure devotees. That is acceptable for everyone, especially in this age. One should engage himself in hearing from pure devotees about the activities of the Lord. That is considered the supreme benediction for mankind. Text 49. O Lord, we pray you let us be born in any hellish condition of life, just as long as our hearts and minds are always engaged in the service of your lotus feet. Our words are made beautiful by speaking of your activities, just as tulsi leaves are beautified when offered unto your lotus feet, and as long as our ears are always filled with the chanting of your transcendental qualities. Purport by Srila Prabhupada The four sages now offer their humility to the Personality of Godhead because of their having been haughty in cursing the two other devotees of the Lord. Jai and Vijay, the two doorkeepers who checked them from entering the Vaikuntha planet, were certainly offenders. But as Vaishnavs, the four sages should not have cursed them in anger. After the incident, they became conscious that they had done wrong by cursing the devotees of the Lord, and they prayed to the Lord that even in hellish conditions of life, their minds might not be distracted from the engagement of service unto the lotus feet of Lord Narayan. Those who are devotees of the Lord are not afraid of any condition of life, provided there is constant engagement in the service of the Lord. It is said of the Narayana Pada, or those who are devotees of Narayan, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Na Kustana Bibhyati, Srimad Bhagavatam 6, 17, 28. They are not afraid of entering a hellish condition, for since they are engaged in the transcendental loving service of the Lord, heaven or hell 
is the same for them. In material life, both heaven and hell are one and the same because they are material. In either place, there is no engagement in the Lord's service. Therefore, those who are engaged in the service of the Lord see no distinction between heaven and hell. It is only the materialists who prefer one to the other. These four devotees prayed to the Lord that although they might go to hell because they had cursed devotees, they might not forget the service of the Lord. The transcendental loving service of the Lord is performed in three ways, with the body, with the mind, and with words. Here the sages pray that their words may always be engaged in glorifying the Supreme Lord. One may speak very nicely with ornamental language, or one may be expert at controlled grammatical presentation. But if one's words are not engaged in the service of the Lord, they have no flavor and no actual use. The example is given here of tulsi leaves. The tulsi leaf is very useful, even from the medicinal or antiseptic point of view. It is considered sacred and is offered to the lotus feet of the Lord. The tulsi leaf has numerous good qualities. But if they are not offered to the lotus feet of the Lord, tulsi would not be of much value or importance. Similarly, one may speak very nicely from the rhetorical or grammatical point of view, which may be very much appreciated by a materialistic audience. But if one's words are not offered to the service of the Lord, they're useless. The holes of the ears are very small and can be filled with any insignificant sound. So how can they receive as great a vibration as glorification of the Lord? The answer is that the holes of the ears are like the sky. As the sky can never be filled up, the quality of the ear is such that one may go on pouring in vibrations of various kinds, yet it is capable of receiving more and more vibrations. A devotee is not afraid of going to hell if he has the opportunity to hear the glories of the Lord constantly. This is the advantage of chanting Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. One may be put in any condition, but God gives him the prerogative to chant Hare Krishna. In any condition of life, if one goes on chanting, he will never be unhappy. Text 50. O Lord, we therefore offer our respectful obeisances unto your eternal form as the personality of Godhead, which you have so kindly manifested before us. Your supreme eternal form cannot be seen by unfortunate, less intelligent persons. But we are so much satisfied in our mind and vision to see it. Purport by Srila Prabhupada. The four sages were impersonalists in the beginning of their spiritual life. But afterwards, by the grace of their father and spiritual master, Brahma, 
They understood the eternal, spiritual form of the Lord and felt completely satisfied. In other words, the transcendentalists who aspire for the impersonal Brahman or localized Paramatma are not fully satisfied and still hanker for more. Even if they are satisfied in their minds, still, transcendentally, their eyes are not satisfied. But as soon as such persons come to realize the supreme personality of Godhead, they are satisfied in all respects. In other words, they become devotees and want to see the form of the Lord continually. It is confirmed in the Brahma Samhita that one who has developed transcendental love of Krishna by smearing his eyes with the ointment of love sees constantly the eternal form of the Lord. The particular word used in this connection, anat manam, signifies those who have no control over the mind and senses and who therefore speculate and want to become one with the Lord. Such persons cannot have the pleasure of seeing the eternal form of the Lord. For the impersonalists and the so-called yogis, the Lord is always hidden by the curtain of yoga maya. Bhagavad Gita says that even when Lord Krishna was seen by everyone while he was present on the surface of the earth, the impersonalists and so-called yogis could not see him because they were devoid of devotional eyesight. The theory of the impersonalists and so-called yogis is that the Supreme Lord assumes a particular form when he comes in touch with Maya, although actually he has no form. This very conception of the impersonalists and so-called yogis checks them from seeing the Supreme Personality of Godhead as he is. The Lord, therefore, is always beyond the sight of such non-devotees. The four sages felt so much obliged to the Lord that they offered their respectful obeisances unto him again and again. Thus end the Bhaktivedanta purports of the third canto, 15th chapter of the Srimad Bhagavatam, entitled, Description of the Kingdom of God. Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 3, Chapter 16 The two doorkeepers of Vaikuntha, Jai and Vijay, cursed by the sages. Texts 1 and 2 Lord Brahma said, After thus congratulating the sages for their nice words, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, whose abode is in the kingdom of God, spoke as follows. The Personality of Godhead said, These attendants of mine, Jai and Vijay by name, have committed a great offense against you because of ignoring me. Purport by Śrīla Prabhupāda To commit an offense at the feet of a devotee of the Lord is a great wrong. Even when a living entity is promoted to Vaikuntha, there is still the chance that he may commit offenses. 
But the difference is that when one is in the Vaikuntha planet, even if by chance one commits an offense, he is protected by the Lord. This is the remarkable fact in dealings of the Lord and the servitor, as seen in the present incident concerning Jai and Vijay. The word atikramam, used herein, indicates that in offending a devotee, one neglects the Supreme Lord himself. By mistake, the doorman held the sages from entering by Kuntaloka, but because they were engaged in the transcendental service of the Lord, their annihilation was not expected by advanced devotees. The Lord's presence on the spot was very pleasing to the hearts of the devotees. The Lord understood that the trouble was due to his lotus feet not being seen by the sages, and therefore he wanted to please them by personally going there. The Lord is so merciful that even if there is some impediment for the devotee, he himself manages matters in such a way that the devotee is not bereft of having audience at his lotus feet. There's a very good example in the life of Haridas Thakur. When Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was residing at Jagannath Puri, Haridas Thakur, who happened to be a Mohammedan by birth, was with him. In Hindu temples, especially in those days, no one but a Hindu was allowed to enter. Although Haridas Thakur was the greatest of all Hindus in his behavior, he considered himself a Mohammedan and did not enter the temple. Lord Chaitanya could understand his humility, and since he did not go to see the temple, Lord Chaitanya himself, who is not different from Jagannath, used to come and sit with Haridas Thakur daily. Here in Srimad Bhagavatam, we also find this same behavior of the Lord. His devotees were prevented from seeing his lotus feet, but the Lord himself came to see them on the same lotus feet for which they aspired. It is also significant that he was accompanied by the goddess of fortune. The goddess of fortune is not to be seen by ordinary persons, but the Lord was so kind that although the devotees did not aspire for such an honor, he appeared before them with the goddess of fortune. Texts 3 and 4. O great sages, I approve of this punishment that you, who are devoted to me, have meted out to them. To me, the Brahmin is the highest and most beloved personality. The disrespect shown by my attendants has actually been displayed by me, because the doormen are my servitors. I take this to be an offense by myself. Therefore, I seek your forgiveness for the incident that has arisen. Purport by Srila Prabhupada The Lord is always in favor of the Brahmins and the cows, and therefore it is said, Go Brahmana Hitayacha. Lord Krishna, or Vishnu, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, 
is also the worshipable deity of the Brahmins. In the Vedic literature, in the Rig Mantra hymns of the Rig Veda, it is stated that those who are actually Brahmins always look to the lotus feet of Vishnu. Om Tad Vishnu Paramam Padam Sada Pashyanti Suraya. Those who are qualified Brahmins worship only the Vishnu form of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, which means Krishna, Ram, and all Vishnu expansions. A so-called Brahmin, who is born in the family of Brahmins, but performs activities aimed against the Vaishnavas, cannot be accepted as a Brahmin, because Brahmin means Vaishnav, and Vaishnav means Brahmin. One who has become a devotee of the Lord is also a Brahmin. The formula is Brahma Janatiti Brahmana. A Brahmin is one who has understood Brahman, and a Vaishnav is one who has understood the personality of Godhead. Brahman realization is the beginning of realization of the personality of Godhead. One who understands the personality of Godhead also knows the impersonal feature of the Supreme, which is Brahman. Therefore, one who becomes a Vaishnav is already a Brahmin. It should be noted that the glories of the Brahmin described in this chapter by the Lord himself refer to his devotee Brahmin, or the Vaishnav. It should never be misunderstood that the so-called Brahmins, who are born in Brahmin families, but have no Brahminical qualifications, are referred to in this connection. Text 5. A wrong act committed by a servant leads people in general to blame his master, just as a spot of white leprosy on any part of the body pollutes all of the skin. Purport by Śrīla Prabhupāda A Vaishnava, therefore, should be fully qualified. As stated in the Bhagavatam, anyone who has become a Vaishnava has developed all the good qualities of the demigods. There are 26 qualifications mentioned in the Chaitanya Charitamrita. A devotee should always see that his Vaishnava qualities increase with the advancement of his Krishna consciousness. A devotee should be blameless because any offense by the devotee is a scar on the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The devotee's duty is to be always conscious in his dealings with others, especially with another devotee of the Lord. Text 6 Anyone in the entire world, even down to the chandala, who lives by cooking and eating the flesh of a dog, is immediately purified if he takes bath in hearing through the ear, the glorification of my name, fame, etc. Now you have realized me, without a doubt. Therefore I will not hesitate to lop off my own arm if its conduct is found hostile to you. 
Purport by Srila Prabhupada Real purification can take place in human society if its members take to Krishna consciousness. This is clearly stated in all Vedic literature. Anyone who takes to Krishna consciousness in all sincerity, even if he is not very advanced in good behavior, is purified. A devotee can be recruited from any section of human society, although it is not expected that everyone in all segments of society is well-behaved. As stated in this verse, and in many places of the Bhagavad Gita, even if one is not born in a Brahmin family, or even if he is born in the family of Chandalas, if he simply takes to Krishna consciousness, he is immediately purified. In the Bhagavad Gita, ninth chapter, verses 30 through 32, clearly states that although a man is not well behaved, if he simply takes to Krishna consciousness, he is understood to be a saintly person. As long as a person is in this material world, he has two different relationships in his dealings with others. One relationship pertains to the body, and the other pertains to the spirit. As far as bodily affairs or social activities are concerned. Although a person is purified on the spiritual platform, it is sometimes seen that he acts in terms of his bodily relationships. If a devotee, born in the family of a chandala, the lowest caste, is sometimes found engaged in his habitual activities, he is not to be considered a chandala. In other words, a Vaishnava should not be evaluated in terms of his body. The Shastra states that no one should think the deity in the temple to be made of wood or stone, and no one should think that a person coming from a lower caste family who has taken to Krishna consciousness is still of the same low caste. These attitudes are forbidden, because anyone who takes to Krishna consciousness is understood to be fully purified. He is at least engaged in the process of purification, and if he sticks to the principles of Krishna consciousness, he will very soon be fully purified. The conclusion is that if one takes to Krishna consciousness with all seriousness, he is to be understood as already purified, and Krishna is ready to give him protection by all means. The Lord assures herein that he is ready to give protection to his devotee, even if there is a need to cut off part of his own body.